Welcome to Not in the State with me, National Core. In today's episode, we want to discuss about uh, the importance of feasibility study and comparative market analysis in real estate development or real estate investment. How important is feasibility study and comparative market analysis? Um, but before I jump into that, I just want to remind you about my book, uh, Don't Buy That House, um, an insightful guide to off-plan house purchase. If you're looking to buy a house off-plan or even complete house, I discuss about the seven critical areas that you must go through before you buy a house off-plan. I mean, it's very imperative that you get the book. It's available on Nuria. It's available on Rafu Bookstore. You can get in touch with us. We'll be able to give you a copy. Very important book for today's buyer if you're seeking to buy a house off-plan. Mostly off-plan, but also complete house. Now, Let's jump into it. Uh, feasibility studies and uh, CMA, what we call the comparative market analysis. First, let me explain what these two things are about. Uh, the CMA, we usually call it CMA, comparative market analysis, is uh, the study of the market. And uh, you basically go into the market to understand uh, what the market says. I, I've always said that we are no longer in, in a seller's market real estate. We are now in a buyer's market. This is now a buyer's market. The buyers decide a lot of things. There's a very stiff competition today in real estate. So understanding the market, understanding what the market wants, the market demands, the market niche is important for any developer seeking to go into, into real estate development. Um, let me say that for a long time, and uh, so many developers have gotten away with this, people have not been doing feasibility studies and comparative market analysis. And because there was a huge demand that was to be met earlier and with the boom, they got away with it. Uh, so many developers got away with it. But today's real estate, today's real estate feasibility is, what I, will, what I always say, is the transcendent Swiss army knife of real estate. Feasibility study is Mother Nature's best effort to ensure you don't burn your fingers in real estate. If you don't do feasibility studies, I'm going to discuss at length what needs to be done in that feasibility study. You are likely to burn your fingers in real estate. And the reason you see so many stalled projects, the reason you see so many stalled developments, empty projects, empty houses. I mean, even this week alone, we were talking about Edaman, uh, the Gara project, 2.7 billion project, that they are blaming the market on. And simply, if you, if, if you read that article for, by The Nation, you simply understand that they did not carry out feasibility studies. Because if they do that, if they did that and understood the market, then you begin to respond to the market. Now, let me jump straight into the comparative market analysis. What does it entail? CMA entails um, a few things, and I'll, and I'll go into them. When, before, you dis, before you decide on what to do, and I tell clients all the time, when they walk to my office. This is not a, an industry where the, the client is always right. All right? You are not the only sensible Kenyan that is thinking about doing a two-bed in Kilelesho, for example. You are not the only sensible Kenyan that think about doing a mall in Kitengela, for example. All right? You are not the only reasonable Kenyan. You are not the only one who thinks about these things. There are so many people that are thinking about these things. So it's important to go to the market and begin to appreciate what the market is doing. Now, when you go to do a comparative market analysis, you seek to do a few things. Number one, you're going to study the ongoing projects. What projects are ongoing currently in that area? All right? You want to do two beds. But sometimes you go to the market and you realize there are already 
10 two bed developments coming up. Will you still want to do your two beds? It could be yes or no, depending on the market that is, is there for two bed in that area. So you want to understand what are the what are the ongoing projects in this area against what you are thinking about. Alright? So if you go to Kilelesha and you think about doing four bedrooms, how many projects of four bedrooms are currently ongoing in Kilelesha? You seek to establish just in the comparative market analysis. Number two, what are the recently completed projects? Because you don't operate in a vacuum in real estate. You, you operate within the parameters of a market. If there are recently completed developments, how many are they? Are they the same projects you're seeking to do? And how has the market responded to those completed projects, similar to what you're thinking about? That's what you seek to establish in, in a, when you're doing comparative market analysis. So you understand that development X, Y, and Z are all three-bedrooms developments in Kitsangela area, for example, or Siokimau area. How are they performing in the market? You want to understand that before you spend a penny in development. That's the beauty of comparative market analysis. You begin to appreciate that, oh, two beds are not going in, in Pangani. The, the, all the completed two bedrooms, for example, have not been sold or have not been rented. So there's a problem with the market on two bedrooms. Or, or you could, it could be a positive news where you say, look, two beds have been completed in Pangani. All the five projects that have been recently completed in Pangani have actually been completed and have been sold. That's a good response to the market, all right? Number three, when you're seeking to understand the CMA, the Comparative Market Analysis, you're seeking to understand what we call upcoming projects. What are the projects in pipeline in that area? The market needs to tell you that. What are the projects in pipeline in that area? All right? You want to know that there are five upcoming. Remember, I've talked about ongoing, completed, and now upcoming developments. What are the upcoming projects in that area? And if they're being sold out of plan, how are they performing? All right. So that is the base that you begin to do your comparative market analysis as a developer. These things are not done so, uh, more often by people and that's why people burning their fingers in real estate. All right. As I said, you are not the only sensible Kenyan that is thinking about real estate developments. And you must get out of these things of, I hear... I hear one bed is selling. I hear st studios are being rented well. I hear four beds are going in, 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 in Kiambu area. There's nothing like I hear. This is, uh, real estate is hard science. This is hard science investment. There have to be facts that backs everything that you're going to do. So the base is that you're going to understand ongoing projects. You're going to understand upcoming projects. And you're going to understand recently completed projects. How are those three projects that are in that area performing? How is it working for those three projects? All right. The second thing you seek to understand when you're doing the CMA, Comparative Market Analysis, is you understand what I would call the facilities required in development. The facilities required. Yes, um, this is an area for two beds. What are the facilities, the ancillary facilities that the buyers in this area appreciate in development? All right, the market will tell you that 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 area you must have, for example, DSQ. You must have a DSQ, or that area you must have a gym. If you don't do a gym, it, it doesn't sell. Or that area is 
proper family areas that you must have a swimming pool because kids love swimming. So what are the auxiliary facilities? What are the amenities? What are the amenities that are required in that market? The CMA will tell you that. Thus, you must go and understand what are the amenities that that market requires. High-speed lifts, all right? Children play area. What are these things that that market supports? So that you don't do a development of two bed and you didn't meet the amenities that that market requires. Because as I said, this is not a bias market. The market needs to tell you what you're going to do. All right? Number four, uh, number three, number one I said is understand the ongoing, upcoming, and recently completed projects. Number two, I've talked about amenities, the ancillary facilities that are in that market. Number three is the area. What is the area of that two bed? What is the area of that three bed? What is the area appreciation of buyers in that market? You want to understand that so that you don't do a three bed that is under-designed in terms of area or over-designed. You want to provide for what the market requires. All right. If you if you underdesign, you will you will fail to sell. You will definitely fail to sell. If you overdesign, you will have a ballooned cost of constructions that you can't accommodate in your sales. So you must appreciate that in the market. What does the buyers require in terms of area? Number four, very critical as well, is who is the buyer profile in that market? Who is the buyer? And you want to profile that buyer. Who, who, who are the buyers of, of, of two bedrooms in Kilimani? Who are the buyers of four bedrooms in Kilimanjaro? Who are the 100 million uh, house buyers in Karen that you want to do? Profile that buyer. You want to understand that buyer properly. And can you meet the demands of that buyer? So the comparative market analysis provides you with the insights of the market. Most real estate projects are conceived like chamas. They are conceived in chama talks. And that is a problem we have with most projects. They are conceived in, 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 in chama discussions and then you, you come and say, oh, I, I heard in the chama discussions, too bad are selling. There's nothing like I heard in real estate. This is a hard science, this is a hard facts. You must base your decisions on facts. And let me give you an example. A number of times, a number of times, clients have walked to my office with, with this idea. Like, you know, I have a land in Kileleshua and, and I want to do two beds and I always ask them, why two beds? And, and usually you realize there is, there is no much scientific research or numbers backing that decision. It's very emotive. And most developer have got, developers have gone with that notion and they burn their fingers. That's why we have, we, we, we have, we have arrived at what we call uh, me too projects real estate has become a me too projects where projects are so homogeneous they're the same and you realize it's because developers don't do any research before they undertake constructions any market research because the market is still there i tell developers all the time we are still far off from achieving our housing demand only 16 percent of kenyans own houses only 16% of us. So the market is there. However, people that are in this market or in this business of real estate, of investments, do not want to understand that buyer. And for a long time, they've gone with their guts 
and now they're burning their fingers. Please, you must understand the market. You must do a comparative market analysis to understand what are the market demands. As I said, what are the ongoing projects? What are the upcoming projects? The recently completed projects? What are the amenities required in that area? You, sometimes you'll find an area, and there are parts of this town where you can't do an open plan kitchen. Because the buyers in that area, if you profile them, do not appreciate open plan. So if you go with that, your notion of this is a modern society and you want to do a modern development and you do open plan, you will not sell. It will be a challenge selling. And people have done those mistakes. So you must be able to profile the buyer, understand the area requirement of this, of this development. You do certain areas like, like Siokimau, they do not appreciate big units, for example. Whether you put a, 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 a three bed maisonette of 400 square meter, they'll want to pay you the same price because of that market. So you must appreciate that market totally. Then now, after understanding the comparative market analysis, then you'll fit this into your feasibility study. This two usually is done at the, at the same time. All right? So once you've understood the market, you have profiled the buyer, you have understood the area requirement of this, of this market. Then now you begin to feed this into the feasibility. Now you want to understand whether the maths, the, 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 the return makes sense for you. So the market is saying, I, I, I do a two bed, for example, of 100 square meter. It must have a gym, it must have a high speed lift, it must have a pool, all right? It must have a DSQ, for example. That's what the market is telling you. And I must sell it, sell it as X because the comparative market analysis will also be able to tell you how much you need to sell at. What is the market range of that apartment in that area? So that you don't shoot yourself. You don't undersell, you don't oversell. All right? You have to be within a certain gap. So the market will tell you that. So once it tells you all that, the area, the amenities needs to be there, the, 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 the buyer that you're looking at, the price range you're looking at. Now you begin to feed this information into a feasibility document. Because now you want to understand whether the return makes sense. And as I was saying, uh, when I was starting, feasibility study, financial feasibility study, is a Swiss army knife of real estate today. It is Mother, Mother Nature's best effort to ensure you don't burn your fingers. If you don't do it right now in 2023, I almost guarantee you, Mr. Developer, you're going to burn your fingers. You will burn your fingers. Alright? Now, what do you look at in, 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 in feasibility study? When you begin to understand feasibility, now you, you, understand, you begin to input the real numbers into this development. And, uh, and uh, begin to see whether financially does it make sense? What is the return on investment? All right. So the certain components you look at quickly in feasibility study, the cost of land, for example, all right, is a, a key component in feasibility study. The cost of land, how much is the land price? Number two is the construction cost. The construction cost and the cost of land are the, are the greatest contributors in terms of uh, expenditure you know, when you're doing your financial feasibilities. The cost of land, the cost of land in Nairobi is ridiculous. All right? And even the outskirts, the cost of land is ballooning at an at a exponential rate. So you, you, you begin to understand your, what's your cost of land because it's a very straightforward thing. It's your ex expenditure against your income. And if you're doing for, if you're doing for, for sale, 
your income is simply the proceeds of sale. Alright? The proceeds of sale is your income. Your expenditure, cost of land, cost of construction, alright? You have approval costs, cost of approval, yeah? The county, sometimes it can be quite a lot in Nairobi. Uh, in the Ascot in Nairobi and other counties, probably low. So the cost of approvals, what's the cost of NEMA? You're going to require an EI expert to submit your NEMA, uh, your NEMA report for NEMA approval. Then you have the change of use. The, the land you want to build on is, is, is what? Is, is, is uh, single dwelling. You want to do apartments of it. So you must do a change of use at the county as well. There's a cost implication to it at the county. Uh, then the NCA, NCF, N there's no fee for NCA, all right? So that is usually free, but the NEMA fee is there now, those returned. Years expert, the change of use, the county approval fee, all that, the cost of approval, you input it there, right? Then you have the professional cost, the professional consultants, right? The project manager, the architect, the quantity surveyor, the structural engineer, the electrical engineers, mechanical engineers. If, 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 if sometimes you have a more, you have a traffic consultant, you have an EIA consultant, you may have a surveyor consultant, a geotechnical consultant. All these people are required in, in a construction point construction project at some point. You collect that all together and that becomes your professional cost. Right? Then you have your marketing. If if, if you're if you if you're building to sell, you need a marketing budget. You've seen billboards put advertisement of newspapers. It's a marketing cost to it. So that also becomes an expenditure. Uh, then you sometimes you have what you call administration. That that will include your your, your legal, your your, your 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 lawyer's fee. It will include your auditors, your, your financial guys, accountants, everyone that is there uh, becomes part of the end. Sometimes even the people in the office, you have a receptionist. They're part of this project. Sometimes you put all that together into a mill cost. And if you're borrowing to build, there's a finance cost as well. If you're borrowing from the bank, uh, there's an interest rate. There's a finance cost to that money you're taking. So that becomes an expert as well. So it's a finance cost as well. So you, you put that all together, that becomes your expenditure on that project all right once again the land cost the construction cost those are the two big elements usually on a project you have the your approval costs you have the professional consultants you have your admin cost you have your marketing budgets your marketing marketing cost you have your financial costs all that put together becomes your cost then you you run that against your expenditure uh, against your sales because your sales is the income all right Sales is the income. And remember, the market had told you all these things. The market had told you the price you need to sell at. It, given you, it, it had given you um, a working area of the apartment. All right? Uh, with that diligence, sometimes you know how high you can go. So you can work against those two. Or even at that point, if sometimes you'll find at that point, as a developer, you already have a design. So you can work out what I would call uh, back of envelope high numbers on that design. So you can, you can generate your construction costs, you can generate your sale prices and all those things, number of units. So work, work against those two, and then you see what the bottom line is, all right? So this is my cost, this is my expenditure. This is, it's, not, it's not difficult, it's not rocket science to, 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 to work about how feasible a project is. It's not rocket science. So work about those two, and see what the bottom line is. Is it negative or positive? All right? But this is the caveat I always say. Once you've worked out your expenditure and income, please don't work your 
return on investment before you subtract your income tax. Because there's a 30% income tax. So once you worked out, so let's say my expenditure is 30 million, my sales is 100 million, so I'm getting 70 million, positive 70 million. Because my all my expenditure is 30 million and my income is 70 for my sales. So I'm getting, and that's why I've paid commission already, so I'm getting 70 million, uh, 100 minus 30. Now, don't work your percentage return, all right, based on based on 70, because there's still an income tax you need to pay on that. People who are not genuine with you, who wants to make that investment look attractive, who wants to deceive you, will usually work their percentage return on investment before they remove the income tax. Please deduct your income tax because that is not on your pocket. Then decide what percentage that is as a return on investment. So it's 70 million minus 30% of that income tax. So that balance is what you work out on in terms of return on investment. Alright? Now, this is the rule. This is my rule. This is not conventional. It's not universal. Anything below 15%, forget about building. Forget about development. Real estate must give you 15% and above. Annualized return. Annualized return. Alright? Annualized return. 15% and above. If you're going to get more, the better. But anything below 15, it's tight. Remember, I think the T-bills now is at 9-10%. Because that's what you, the highest thing you're going to weigh it against is your treasury bills, which is 9-10%. So if you're getting 12% annualized return, you begin to ask yourself, okay, so why don't I just put this money in treasury bills and, and wait for a year instead of the, the hustle and bustle of, of, uh, of real estate and still earn 12%. So it must be something worthwhile return because real estate will give you sweat, tears and blood. It's not easy, guys. It's not easy. So the return must make sense. All right? Now, this is the bit about real estate investment. This is about the bit about feasibility study. And why, if you do it properly, because this exercise you're doing before you appoint an architect, or you've not gone fine to your design, probably at concept stage, right? This is a very early stage exercise you do. Now, the beauty of this is, once you do feasibility and CMA, the project is sort of directed on what directions it needs to take. So if you've done your feasibility and CMA, and it's working within a certain parameter, then the, the, the architect, the quality surveyor, the consultants are guided by that document. They know the, the, they know the red line they cannot pass in terms of cost of construction. The architect knows within what area needs to work out is area of the, uh, the built-up area of the, of the development, the area per unit, all right? So it's, it's, it's a guide. It's a note star. Feasibility documents are note star throughout the project process. That's, what, that's how important it is. So when you begin construction, for example, and you have a feasibility reference somewhere, you're guided by that document in terms of even accepting scope, scope changes or cost changes because you know very well that this is the gap you need to operate in. This is the range you need to operate in, even in terms of cost, if you're going to make return. So when changes come to site, when changes come during construction, when scope creep comes, all right, then you begin to know what range you have to play with. And it, gets, it helps the project to say no to changes sometimes, to say no to variations that are being created. That's how important it is. It's a document that works a developer from start to finish. 
if you're going to make your money. Now, without this document, without this document, you're flying blind as a developer. And that is why most projects are failing in this city. That's why projects are, are, are getting stalled. That, that's why projects are getting empty. Because you did the projects with your own gut feeling. Alright? You, you thought you own buyers. And when you finish the buyers, we tell you, no, we, don't have, we, we can't pay for what you've given us. We can't afford that price you're putting. And then you get stuck with the development. So understand that as a developer, you are not building for yourself. And that's why I've always said, the most critical thing a developer needs to do is to separate their emotions from a project. I've been on projects where a developer thinks the bedroom is too small and I keep reminding them, to you, yes, but the market study tells us that is what the market wants. So you're not building that bedroom for yourself because we made that mistake on projects where a developer goes gung-ho on investments and just does things out of the market. If you do that, the market will punitively punish you. So ensure you're within the parameters of the market. So do your CMA, do your feasibility study properly early on in the project and let that be your north star towards development. You will not make mistakes, you will make money. So feasibility, as I said, is a Swiss army knife of the set today. You don't do it, you're in problems. Thank you.